0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station.
1: Everyone's a Critic on BFM 89.9.
0: Hello, you're listening to Everyone's a Critic. I'm Sharmila Ganesan, and this week we're doing an interview. I'm speaking with um, Eugene Fu, who is an artist who's solo debut exhibition has just opened it's called science echo dinosaur Uh, so from that name uh, you might guess what the themes might involve but we have with us eugene thank you for joining us today Thank you. Thank you for having me, Sharila. Thank you. I have to ask, I think, and yes. you must get asked this all the time. Why dinosaurs? <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, I I, I
1: I, was setting up the gallery the past week, and even then, there were some people that were just streaming in when the stickers went up, and um, they were asking they, when they came in, why dinosaurs? Why of all things dinosaurs? Um, dinosaurs have been my childhood fascination. I mean... Um, When I was young, the the thing that got me into art and design and animation was actually my fascination for dinosaurs. Um, I learned to draw because of dinosaurs. So I I drew from natural history books, um, encyclopedias uh, and stuff like that. So uh, right now... um, because I'm, it's kind of a hallmark event for me uh, in my career. I've decided to actually leave academia uh, for the time being and actually re-entered the industry. So I think uh, in the grandest way possible, I'm putting up a solo exhibition to give a nod to my childhood fantasy. Uh, and uh, rather a uh, fascination, which is dinosaurs, uh, to reintroduce myself to the artistic community. So it, that that's why dinosaurs.
0: <laughs> I think it's worth saying that yeah. we say dinosaurs, but actually the, the paintings are, are essentially a bringing together of dinosaurs, but set within Malaysian spaces and Malaysian culture, and Malaysian life. Um, and I think that's yeah. where the uniqueness of these works lie. Tell us about the works themselves. What inspired this idea to portray dinosaurs Dinosaurs amidst Malaysian life?
1: Well, I think when we see dinosaurs uh, in coexistence with human beings, automatically we think of like popular culture, Jurassic Park, um, stuff like that. I think Jurassic Park is probably the one thing everyone relates to very quickly. But if you look at the Jurassic Park franchise, I mean, I, I have, I'm a big fan of Steven Spielberg's first film, but thereafter it just became like Jurassic Fight Club. And <laughs> it was just one dinosaur after another, who's better, who's bigger, and there's all this fighting. And I am, for one, quite a pacifist. I, I prefer stuff that has to do, I, I'm a big fan of Miyazaki, Hayao Miyazaki. So I'm I'm a big fan of this kind of brand of fantasy. So I like things that are more harmonious, more playful. And um, the other big influence for me is uh, James Gurney. Not many people have heard Dynatopia.
0: of it. Yes, correct. Oh, oh. I love Dinotopia. And yes, um, every yes. time I tell people about it, nobody's right. heard of it. But it's a yeah. gorgeous illustrated book.
1: Exactly, and it 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 it, it was uh, published, I think, in 1992. The same around the same time, Michael Crichton came up with Jurassic Park, uh, the the novel. So, um, DinoTopia is one of my main influences. I came across not the book first, oddly enough. I came across the computer games uh, back then, the really early ones where I played on my old three eight six mm-hmm. computers in the in the late eighties. You know, when I was a kid. So that's where I came across it, and I have been kind of very deeply impressed by it. But in James Gurney's work, he did depict dinosaurs with Southeast Asian um, life and culture as well. But from what I noticed is that he depicts us, the tropics, as a kind of ideal, very pastoral group of people, very blissful. But I, I kind of felt that we needed to add something to it. It's not always the case that the people in the tropics live such blissful lives. We have our hardships, we have our toils as well. So when you look at the paintings that I do, um you will find that there are kind of depictions of us not not wearing like um very like we're like we not dressed all the time in like costume and traditional clothing. So you get us in kind of like everyday clothes, you know there's not as much pageantry, I guess as a dinotopia. So yeah, um i I, I wanted to depict this uh, what you call daily life of Malaysians as well, yeah.
0: I'm so tickled Because honestly um, I was such a big nerd About Dinotopia When I was a kid And yeah. your paintings When I saw them on Instagram Which is how I, I got to know About this exhibition I immediately thought Oh, this reminds me of Dinotopia <laughs> uh, And so it's really cool To, to realise that the link Was there all along yes, yes, um, Before we get into the, the What you portray in the works yeah. You mentioned how you first Learned to draw By looking at dinosaurs I was wondering right. how this eventually then shaped your approach to art um, and sort of influenced your style?
1: Oh, okay. Um, well, well, I, when, when I draw dinosaurs, um, because they were from natural history books, things were very realistic. They were not stylized. So right now, even when I am uh, doing my work and my art practice, in fact, I, I made a film, um, my graduation film like 20 years ago. It's called Grey Avenue. Um, it well the, the, the style is very naturalistic. Uh, things look real, things look very, you know, they, they look like they are from a natural history book. It's just that I like fantasy as well. So you get that amalgamation of what is real and what is fantasy together. so it's quite surreal setting. Um, even today, I kind of find like because the nature of my work is animation and there is some stylization involved sometimes more than usual. I find a struggle to kind of break out of it but I do try and practice a lot more. Um, but I really feel at home and really in my comfort zone when I'm painting or drawing things naturalistically, like out of a reference or something like that. But I have a lot of fun by putting stuff together, by juxtaposing things together. And like, I have a whole brand of like fantasy creatures, which are like, um, a snail and a chameleon, like fused together and <laughs> stuff like that. So I have, I have, um, I, I enjoy doing stuff like that.
0: Oh, yeah, so. definite Miyazaki vibes there. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, he's he's left a very big impression on, on, on my artistic uh, career approach and also my imagination as well.
0: How did you end up becoming an artist? I mean, was that something you always knew you wanted to do?
1: Um, okay. Well, to be honest, I, I have not really branded myself as an artist uh, in my whole career for a long time. I... I was in and out between, I've always stuck with animation, design, and art. That's one thing for sure. Um, But when I first graduated, I went into post-production and doing commercials and stuff like that. And it was just not my cup of tea. Uh, I went into academia thinking that, okay, maybe I could teach. Um, So I was in and out of like industry and academia for the longest time. But I would... I think that it's safe to say that in the past two years, during the pandemic, this whole realization happened where I feel like, oh, I feel like I really need to brand myself, rebrand myself as an artist. Um, so yeah, I think uh it is only now after 20 years of going in and out of this industry, uh, can I really call myself uh confidently kind of label myself as an artist. Mm. Yeah. So it's kind of an ongoing process.
0: And- Over how long a time period were these works created? Because there are about 30 works on show. And at least from an outsider's perspective, there is a differentiation in style with some of them. Uh, You know, the approach looks a bit different. So I was wondering, um, you know, how long did it take to create these 30 works?
1: Okay, Um, there are 34 works in total, four of which are distinctly like um, they have... They're, they were done four years ago in 2018. So I have a wall dedicated for these four pieces of work. It's called the Genesis Wall when you go into the gallery. So those were the first four, four works there. Um, some people have bought it and one a few of it are commissioned. So um, those are a bit more, I would say that uh, that they, they were a bit more naive. Like I did not think about style. I didn't think about color or lighting. Um, the recent, the rest of the thirty plus works were done over the a period, the past two three months.
0: Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, two, yeah. I, I thought you were gonna say two three years, and even no. that seemed like a short amount of time. <laughs> no. Two three months is amazing. Months.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but but I have to say, like um, someone did ask me, like, did you at least have these ideas in mind? Yes, I would have to say that a lot of these. Um, like for example, if I there are some scenes that you see uh, in the paintings, they did not just come up within those two three months. They have been incubating in my head for a good one year, a year and a half. They probably were in a sketch form in my sketchbook for a couple of months. So I would say, yeah, it, it, it's it's an incubation process of probably two years, but it took me the last two to three months to actually just thrash them all out because it was just the window that I have. I I kind of um, took a leave. I, I basically I, I I resigned from my uh, teaching job, and I found that oh okay, this is the window I have before I start my new gig, and uh, <laughs> this is the only time I have. So I, I actually methodically plan out how much time I have for each artwork and make sure that I have thirty. <laughs>
0: And these works are largely Watercolour and colour pencils um, Is that your preferred medium of choice?
1: It is my most comfortable medium of choice right now I mean, uh, I've been painting more digitally uh, In previous years But uh, watercolour was a physical medium That I am most comfortable with So yeah, um, it's actually There's Artline, Artline uh, pen Waterproof mm. Artline pen I do the line work first and then the watercolour. And uh, yeah, then I finish off certain detailings just to give it some more texture with uh, Faber-Castell Polychromos, which is, yeah, colour pencils, yes.
0: I'm speaking with Eugene Fu, who is an artist. His solo exhibition just opened. It's called Sire Seiko Dinosaur juxtapositioning dinosaurs with various Malaysian scenes. Um, you know, really beautiful stuff. The exhibition is on until the 7th of August at All Gallery. Let us know, does this sound like something you'd like to check out? You can WhatsApp us, 18 Tweet us at BFM Radio. Bigotry Free Malaysia, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic with Sharmila. And today I'm interviewing Eugene Fu, who is an artist. He's just opened his solo debut exhibition called Saya Saeko Dinosaur which positions various dinosaurs within various Malaysian scenes of life. It's on until the 7th of August at All Gallery, and we're picking up our conversation with Eugene. So we spoke a lot about your process getting here. On this side of things, I wanted to talk about the works themselves. So um, the paintings in the exhibition, as I said, depict various aspects of Malaysian life. How did you decide what you wanted to capture? Because they run the gamut, right? From schoolchildren to hawker stalls, to, um, you know, traditional uh, arts and so on. So how right. did you settle on what you wanted to depict?
1: Um, actually, it's, it's quite an organic process. I did not have a solid, clear plan. I, I made a list. I knew that, I think the number 30 came out first. Like I want. I, I went to look at this space and I said, this fits 30 works. So therefore the number 30, it was, it was, it was as simple as that. And um, I went home, I made a list of, of stuff that I already had in mind. And uh, there was some remaining spaces. I said, Oh, I probably need to look for inspiration for these uh, other works. So I did not have specific themes. Um, the themes that you, when, when you go into the gallery, they're clustered by themes that came after actually. So because I was looking at the, the gallery space and the, my artworks, and I was initially grouping them by sizes but they didn't make much meaning. So now I've grouped them up by by themes. So when you go into the gallery, you basically have five different themes. Uh, One is children, which I think is very obvious. Um, One is women and uh, feminine strength. Um, The other thing is also food and commerce. Uh, Hardship is another one, hardship and struggles, and also uh, culture and relationships. So those are the five themes that you get in the five different walls uh, in the gallery.
0: But those came later, right? So when you were working on them, you didn't necessarily think I'm trying to fit this and that, right?
1: No,
0: no, no. So that's interesting to me because there are definite threads that run through them, right? Because you have your idyllic everyday scenes. But then there are also many that revolve around uh, this notion of community and communal activities. And then there are others that take on more historic settings. Um, I was curious whether there were specific stories that you yourself were interested to tell.
1: Yeah. Well, most of them, I would say, has a sense of nostalgia because well, my, my fascination with dinosaurs uh, is very deep rooted with my childhood so when I was trying to depict some scenes or trying to create some scenes I had to delve into my nostalgic childhood about you know the memories I've had so you would get some where um, I'm trying to highlight like my memories of my grandma where she was able to visit me in, in the shop and you know that, that, came, that manifested in the form of the grandmother uh, there's this piece Um, It's called Hot Day, where the grandmother making ice kacang. Yes, oh, that's lovely. Um, So that that one, um, and the dinosaurs are playing the ice. So I thought that was quite a playful thing. It's not that my grandmother kind of played ice kacang. uh, I mean, sorry, uh, made ice kacang. But I thought that having that vintage ice kacang machine would be very, very nice. Um, There are a few pieces, though. For example, there's one called the Manohara, uh, which is this woman dancing with some dinosaurs, and she's dressed in all gold. Now that piece, um, and also another piece, which is I think Lady Boss, which is this woman clad in a cheongsam with a Tyrannosaurus Rex on her lap. Some of these pieces are are kind of my more contemporary, current self trying to make sense of this world of dinosaurs, whereas the rest are more like me delving into my childhood memories. Yeah,
0: I'm curious. How do you? fit the dinosaurs into these scenes in an organic way? And was it important to you to depict them accurately?
1: Uh, yeah, actually, all of these dinosaurs are quite specific dinosaurs. They all have species names. They, yeah, I could um, recognize
0: some of them. So yeah. I was very proud of myself. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, some of them are, are uh, uh, quite specific. I'll just highlight one um, and it is called Ohana Sensei. It is a very peculiar piece because this particular piece, the it, it feels very unMalaysian because uh, it's a it's a it's a floral instructor um, teaching a bunch of uh, Japanese a group of Japanese women on a tatami mat and tatami table, and it seems very unMalaysian because it, it's set in almost like a mixed Japanese thing. But where if you look at the surrounding, it's surrounded by ginger flowers and it has coconut trees in the background. This is actually my most personal piece because my mom was a florist and she was a floral instructor. So she she only taught Japanese women who came to Malaysia because their husbands actually set up businesses here. You know, they were brought in by um, Japanese conglomerates or companies that set up here. And so these housewives have, Really, they have nothing to do, and they they have a lot of free time on their hand, and they live a life of luxury, and they know it, and they're very very grateful for it. So they took on this floral arrangement class with my mom. It started off with one class, but over the period of like ten year, uh, ten years or maybe more, um, her 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 number, the number of students that she had grew to about like hundred to two hundred Japanese women, and this this whole thing for me is very important because. Um, I felt that her endeavor and that the meeting of my mom with this Japanese woman enabled me as her son, you know, to be able to be financially secure enough to be able to let me uh, pursue my a career in art. So I think it's kind of a nod or a homage to my late mother uh, and, her, and uh, also uh, what, what she did like, in, her, in, in, in her career. Um, but one thing, yeah, speaking about the, the relevance of the dinosaur, now um the dinosaur I chose specifically for that is called Maya which basically means a good mother lizard. Mm. So it's also, yeah, a tribute to her and also to the women who were all housewives taking care of their kids here in a foreign country. So I think it was a very apt dinosaur uh to put in, in this setting. Uh.
0: The thing that struck me about all of the works is that there's this great sense of fun, of whimsy, of joy in the paintings. Yeah. Is this a common theme um, in your works? And, you know, why was that something that you wanted to bring out?
1: Uh, I think naturally, uh, I, I I felt that my, my brand of fantasy always has revolved around that. And like I mentioned before, like I'm a, a great fan of Miyazaki. Um, and if you look at his works, and his brand of fantasy he's he's really a pacifist de- despite the fact that he did depict wars but it's always in a negative light so and his focus is always on relationships between people between cultures and that's what i kind of like about it and there's this whole kind of naivety about his work as well very childlike you know and and i wanted to i i wanted to bring that into into my work as well yeah
0: What's right. next for you after this?
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to be to be frank, I'll I'll be joining a studio um, as an art director, a local studio here in Kota Damansara. Um, they brought me in because of my storytelling skills. I guess uh, I still need to brush up a lot on my art skills, apparently. Uh, but yeah, uh, I hope to actually make more stories. And actually, this is just one of the endeavors I've had in the past year. I've also just finished directing a film, a short film called Walinong Sari. So oh. that's doing exciting stuff as well. It just I just received news that it was accepted in the New York International Short Film Festival. So yeah, that's 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 going around the globe right now. We've we've just sent them out to film festivals around the globe for that one.
0: Oh, congratulations. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So exciting stuff, stepping into the industry once again. It's it's a it's a it's a good year for Mila.
0: <laughs> nice. Thanks for speaking with us today, Eugene.
1: All right, thank you very much Avila
0: I've been speaking with artist Eugene Foo He's just opened his debut solo exhibition It's called Sias Eko Dinosaur It's showing until the 7th of August At All Gallery Uh, For more information, you can check out Eugene's social media Just look for eugenosaurus.fu Let us know Does this sound like something you'd like to check out? Dinosaurs amidst Malaysian life You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899 Tweet us at BFM Radio